Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by... I actually met my wife on CatholicSingles.com, if you can believe that. Really? And about Yes, I had never done that before. Didn't have any problems with dating. Natalie and Aaron met on CatholicSingles.com after they realized that they needed to find someone who shared their faith. Meet other faithful Catholics on the original Catholic dating site. Download our app today for free. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content, but you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.com. Dot app slash breadbox. Do you have a great idea for a podcast but not sure where to start? Neither did we until someone recommended Anchor. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit right from your phone or your computer. Then Anchor distributes your podcast for you to Apple, Spotify, and more. They even pair you with sponsors so you can make money with your podcasts with no minimum listenership. And all of it is free. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Hi folks, Father Connolly here. Though this episode will be airing after Palm Sunday, I feel compelled to tell you by way of uh, disclaimer, though you'll hear me say in the episode that at St. Columba we were distributing palms on Palm Sunday, we in fact were not. Uh, at the time of recording this episode, that was the plan, but unfortunately, uh, due to more health concerns raised by the coronavirus pandemic, we were not allowed to distribute palms on Palm Sunday. So just in case you're hearing this episode and you live in the area and feel that you might have missed out, you in fact did not. Uh, please be sure of my prayers and please pray for us. Enjoy the episode. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. I'm Alexandra Sullivan. And I'm Father Connolly. Welcome to Raising Saints, Helping Kids Hear God's Voice. We're a priest and a mom who are eager to do our best to answer kids' questions about God, the church, the faith, and more. Most importantly, to help them to grow in their relationship with God and ultimately hear His voice. Father Connolly. Hi, Mrs. Sullivan. How are you? I am still at home. <laughs> you and the rest of the country. 
Yeah. Yep. So how's it going at the Sullivan house? Well, I was just, you know, I was just telling you that I sent the kids down to the basement so we could record here and they're doing their phys ed homework in the basement. So that's how I'm going. Burpees and yeah, wall push-ups and bear crawls and I don't know. Nice. Yeah. So uh so that's what's happening here and um hopefully hopefully we can record. But yeah. yeah, Father Michael didn't give me phys ed homework to do. No. Oh. <laughs> we should talk to him about that. 30 push-ups at the mass. <laughs> Excuse me. So today we are going to talk about Holy Week mm. and Holy Week at home. And you're going to teach us all about all things. Oh, yeah. All the things. All things, but I'm going to talk all about. Yeah. Yeah, because it's coming up. Right. So it is. But first. Hmm. Can we pray first? Yes. In the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God, thank you for revealing your love for us through the mysteries we celebrate in the liturgy. This privileged encounter that we have with you uh, brings us together as church, as beloved children, and somehow uh, takes us up into this mystical experience of, of your infinite majesty this year we know we'll be celebrating it in a, in a new way in a, a difficult way but nonetheless we unite ourselves to you uh, in these circumstances and we ask you to bless us with every grace and blessing you have planned for us we ask this through christ our lord amen you the father and son and holy spirit amen. amen all right holy week so we're recording <clears throat> just before Palm Sunday. Mm -hmm. So Holy Week technically starts the Palm Sunday, right? Yeah. Father, can I get my palms? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no palms this year, right? So everything's totally different. But there, excuse me, we are certainly distributing palms. Are you really? Yeah, absolutely. Somehow. Oh, we'll I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yep. We'll probably have a little table set up outside and then we'll listen these these are the things that we gotta hold on to you know if we can't go all the way at least we can we can bless those palms and our people can come and pick them up and we can, each in our homes have that that sign of, uh, of the mysteries we're celebrating well i didn't know that so that that's that's nice there's it makes it somewhat of a unique experience and, and yeah. keeps us attached to that, that tradition too. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit. So we're going to start with Palm Sunday and then tell us the whole week. What, what do we, what do we need the kids at home to know? What would you have liked to know when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, didn't know all, anything. Of, all of it. All of it. Because then I wouldn't have been sitting in the seminary every single day trying to pretend like I knew what was going on. You know, mm, oh, yes, indeed, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the little kids, you know, they're like light years ahead. But 
That's all right. Um, yeah, so at a glance, right, with Palm Sunday, Chrism Mass, mm-hmm. or Mass of Chrism, mm-hmm. however, uh, either human or Yoda style. <laughs> mass of Chrism? This is. Sorry. Uh, um, Chrism Mass, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, the Paschal Triduum. Um, and of course, Holy Saturday, we celebrate the Easter Vigil. And of course, my favorite day of the year, Easter Sunday. So this year, being that the congregation is not there, um, well, the Chrism Mass usually happens at the cathedral. And is, and is that still moving forward or no? Because it's still... No, postponed. some places will... Uh, still have it on that day and the, the bishop will consecrate those oils on that day just without everyone else but um but let's just back up a little bit because okay. I, I love to talk about chrism mass but um let's start with palm sunday okay since that's um that's what's coming up that's the first day of holy week right and um the whole point of the, the blessed palms is not believe it or not so that you can sit during mass and make your little cross out of it and, and poke your brother in the ear and yeah yeah, yeah. wave around mm-hmm. uh, it represents the entrance of jesus into jerusalem mm-hmm. right when he enters as a king he is the king so that's no surprise but it's sort of intriguing what can happen in a week you know, um, that he well, the king, he's, he comes in uh, on a donkey, right? Not exactly the majestic steed of a royal, however, um, and he rides on the donkey and the people lay down palm branches over which the donkey might step, right? So that he's not brought down to this indignity of, of, of touching the ground. Mm. Um, those people, however, will will be crying out, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" Right. Um, so amazing what can happen in a week. Right. But Palm Sunday, we welcome him. He's our King, and so we lay down our, our palm branches and um, welcome him into Jerusalem. Little do we know the throne which he'll actually assume. Mm-hmm. Um, of course. Of course, we know that now, but it's rather poetic to think about uh, 2,000 years ago. You know, did they have any idea? Well, of course not, no. Um, so that's Palm Sunday. And we hear the Passion narrative read or sung on Palm Sunday. Most parishes will read it. Um, there are several holdouts where they'll sing it. And um, certainly, I enjoy it. Yeah, that was that was one of the greatest things of the seminary. We really dive into these Holy Week liturgies uh, to the max, and we sang and, and re- oh, just beautiful. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to be a seminarian again, but that's something that I do miss about the seminary and the processions and the, everything. Um, of course, the point was they were teaching us so that someday we might bring those things to our parishes. Mm-hmm. So. Someday. Does it, right? when you sing it though, does, I mean, it's, 
not that it matters. It's a it's a long it's a yeah. long well, sure. Oh, it's long, yeah. So it takes a little longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, not much longer long, if you think about it. Because if you're singing it well, which should happen, if you can't, if you don't have someone to sing these things well, don't take that option, you know? Um, and if you can sing it well, just like with the Mass, did you know that you can actually sing the entire Mass? I don't think I knew that. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily take longer than speaking. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. This is Drag a slide, but like, um, how, like, how do you, I guess you learn how to sing it, but like how. The Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Now, that wasn't any longer than my saying, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Right. Back, faster. Hmm. One of the guys in the seminary timed it. He said, you know, he was being kind of silly about it, but it was, uh, he was making a point. Without a homily um, or a prayer of the faithful, he sang the entire Mass, start to finish, in, I think, 27 minutes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. So anyway, not- you can sing that passion narrative. Um, and it's, you know, you have the narrator's voice and then the voice of the crowd. That's so the narrator is that middle voice. Then you have a higher pitched voice uh, singing the, um, the voice of the crowd. And then this deep bellowing voice to represent Christ. Mm. Uh, really moving. So uh, I bet if you look on YouTube or, or just look it up, I mean, maybe some of our listeners might be privileged to go to a parish where they, where they do this. Um, mm. So check that out for sure. It's a, so we do that on Palm Sunday and uh, Good Friday as well. And yes, Good Friday is when we have the Passion narrative again. So that's Palm Sunday. Okay, Palm Sunday. Got it. Let's talk Chrism Mass. Yes. What is Chrism Mass? Because I don't think I, I knew what Chrism Mass was until like last year. Yeah. And, um, you know, do most people there's oh. a masses? I don't know. I don't think so. Um, a lot, but I don't know if I'd say most. So <laughs> there's a mass. It's its name from the oil, which is consecrated at that mass. Um, so once a year, the bishop of the diocese, for us it's Cardinal Dolan, the archbishop of our archdiocese, consecrates these special oils, these holy oils, to be used in every parish in this territory for the entire year. Wow. It's a massive project because, and by the way, this at least the custom in New York is that the seminarians in their third year are in charge of bottling and organizing all the oils and then transferring them from the seminary to the cathedral and then distributing them to all the priests. Wow. So, um, it's quite a job, and uh, it's a rite of passage for a seminarian. And then you go and you celebrate, and, and so that's good. But um, and from my understanding, all, most or the majority of the priests in the diocese will go to this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh gosh, it's so great. So the three oils being the sacramental oils: the oil of the sick, 
oil catechumens, and sacred chrism. Um, they're just ordinary oil until they're blessed, and now they are raised to this, this higher dignity, this higher purpose, because the oil of the sick, that's going to be used now when someone needs to be anointed, receive extreme unction, anointing of the sick, last rites, mm-hmm. however you want to call it. Um, that's what's used. Why? Because in ancient times, oil was understood to be medicinal. It would heal wounds and it would strengthen the weak. Uh, so to this day, we hold that over. We have this holy oil for those who are sick, those who in some way are wounded, uh, even be it by old age or infirmity, not necessarily an open wound, uh, though we might not believe in its physical medicinal capacity. Uh, it's still, it's the spiritual healing, right? And we're praying when we anoint someone that, A, that they're healed, and that's actually been known to happen, albeit not often, but um, the very first time I anointed someone, though, after my priestly ordination, uh, he got better. You told me that. He then would pass um, not too long after that. But there was that brief, very brief period where his condition improved. And mm-hmm. at the risk of reading too much into it, I, I felt really sort of uh, moved that God was kind of showing me even just a little bit of a, a taste, you know, hey, you're a priest now. Mm-hmm. And that means, you know, um, so that was really amazing. Oil of catechumens. As the, the, the first oil with which we bapt, we anoint someone at a baptism. <laughs> I always think of the Lion King. The Lion King? <laughs> because I dip my thumb in this oil, and I go over to the baby, and I anoint the forehead. And I think, Tim. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm Rafiki or something. Oh, um, man. I hope nobody who's getting their baptized in the future now hears this. Oh, as if I'm the first person to ever think of that. <laughs> no, um, another reason we anoint with oil, especially at baptism, um, because that's how a king is anointed, right? P- oil poured upon the head is a sign of this royal um, sort of uh, appointment. You know, you are the, the new king. And especially in baptism, we're made royalty in Christ, the King. We are takers now in the, uh, the, the threefold office of Christ, priest, prophet, and king. Um, that was especially sweet. I had a baptism of a, a little girl, not a baby, but um, a little six or seven-year-old girl. And uh, <clears throat> you're a queen now. You know that? You're a queen now. And don't let anyone ever treat you otherwise, because Jesus lives within you, little queen, because oh. he is king. You know, and she's such a sweetheart, just sitting there, you know, just soaking it up. Yeah. Oh, oh, hold on, there's an intro. Incoming. Incoming. Say hi. It's Matthew! Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Let's, let's try to get along with each other right now, okay? Because... We're recording a show right now, <laughs> and this is for the people who are listening at Hello. home. Hello. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See you in a little bit. 
Mm. There's always something going on. Yeah. Always a good time at that Sullivan house. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, so anyway, finally, the, the chrism, um, the sacred chrism, it, it's oil, the same basic oil, but then it's infused with this, uh, this perfumed oil. That's the chrism essence, it's called. Mm -hmm. And um, it just smells yeah. amazing. And I, I always think of my ordination because so chrism is used um, at confirmation, baptism, baptism at confirmation, and holy orders, mm. right? Palms of the priest's hands, the, 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 the bishop will anoint with this chrism oil, um, consecrating those hands now to the hands of Christ. Mm. those hands which now will reach out and absolve sin which will hover over the gifts of bread and wine and miraculously confect the Eucharist now mm. um, so truly uh, a, a special purpose now interestingly too there's this uh, tradition that a lot of us have, have maintained it's not necessarily officially in the books anywhere but this is something that, that we do we take a cloth and your ordination it's called a manaturgium it's a little linen cloth and after your bishop has anointed your hand and hopefully he's really lathered him up with a lot of chrism you take your manaturgium and you wipe onto that cloth and that cloth will now be soaked in this aromatic you know chrism oil and Put it in a little Ziploc bag or whatever you have to do, preserve it, right? And you present this next day after your first mass to your mother. Yes. And um, it's the, the tradition is that when the mother of the priest passes away, she's buried with her hands wrapped by this cloth. Oh. She goes before God for her judgment. Yeah. And she presents to him this cloth saying, I gave you my son as a priest. Mm. And not that that's what merits uh, the gift of heaven, but yeah, beautiful tradition. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, it was a beautiful moment at my first mass too. But I think my mom cried about it for the entire year leading up to that day. So, so, so she was kind of immune at that point, right? But it's a really beautiful um, tradition. Yeah, yeah. So that I mean, think of all we. This is just the chrism mass we're still talking about. All yeah. that this one mass, how important that is. Um, the chrism mass also was the night on which I received the call to orders. So that's another thing that takes place when the man is preparing for priesthood priestly ordination, um, the bishop issues what's called the call to orders. That's when he says, I officially intend to ordain you on this day, at this time, in this place, mm. to the priesthood. That's official. It's like, okay, yeah. you, know, you were working yeah. with it, you were expecting it, but now it's like, that's it. Then you go send your invitations for your first mass. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was at the Chrism Mass that um, my my classmates and I 
still only deacons at that point. We had been coming back from helping distribute Holy Communion. And uh, the Master of Ceremonies said to us, Brothers, come stand over here. The Cardinal has something to say to you. We were like, oh my gosh, this is... And uh, and he did. He said, I want to call you to orders. And we would receive a letter later on. Um, but that was just, I mean, what a special moment. You know, and, and then, like you said, because this is a mass where almost all the priests come. Right. I mean, remarkable to see that sanctuary packed with priests. Right. And so to be there in the presence of all those men, and to be told that in just a, a few short weeks, now you'll be, by God's grace, counted among them. It's just incredible. Mm. So that was, that's the, the Chrism Mass is very special to me for all those reasons. But uh, um, you might think then, you know, what, what can you do at home? Um, if you can get your cathedral's uh, live feed or whatever, have it on and, and witness that. And that's certainly a beautiful thing. But even just take some time with your kids and, and talk about those sacraments. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, these oils are being blessed, right? And also, how are they blessed? The bishop goes and you know, these containers and goes and breathes on them. Mm-hmm. Right? A representation of the way God gives life. He breathes life, the Holy Spirit, into creation. So the bishop, in turn, uh, does that. So it's really really moving you know so parents talk to your kids on, on uh for us it's the tuesday of holy week right some people some places do it holy thursday morning oh okay uh, i think but uh that's something that can vary between right. guys but something to talk about during holy week with your kids what are these three special oils and do you know where they are in our parish church can we find them you know and, and talk about that and, and talk about those sacraments, baptism, confirmation, holy orders, anointing of the sick, and what well, that means. Good question. So mm-hmm. are they, um, <clears throat> they're, those oils are always on display in the church yes. somewhere? Yes. So um, usually in a, like a, near the altar in an obvious spot, or no? Yeah, so they should be. Sometimes it just might not be as obvious. It, it, you know, it depends on the parish and what kind so the, the case where they're held is called the ambry, and that could be a wooden box or glass or, you know, um, it could be a, a very prominent display. Sometimes it's just by circumstance. It's just not really that prominent, but that's okay. We, we do our best. Um, but if you look hard enough, you should be able to find in any parish church where uh, the ambry is, in which are held the holy oils. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um, (laughs) i know well we're talking but um i will say so uh john and and the kids and i have been watching uh the live stream masses from cardinal dolan from saint patrick so it's i would highly recommend it to anyone listening just to turn that on during the tuesday of holy week and watch that because first of all like is there what this year no it's going to be postponed okay i'm grateful because that means i can go okay well when it does happen when 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 will they do it then i don't know yeah well 
I'm sure you can live stream every other Holy Week Mass and celebration. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So moving yeah. on, you took my thunder. <laughs> it's okay. Um, so Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday. Your favorite, the washing of the feet. Oh, no. That's optional, by the way. <laughs> it's good for you. Moving on. No, uh, I, I respectfully disagree. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I, told, I told Father Michael last year, I had Holy Thursday, and, and I said, you have a list of um, our volunteers whose feet I'll be washing Holy Thursday? He said, oh, yeah, why? I said, well, I just want to know. Uh, because I'm going to be buying them each a gift certificate for a pedicure. <laughs> and he started laughing, and I said, I'm not kidding. I would really do that. <laughs> I didn't, by the way. You um, see, see but, uh, that's, why, that's why it's good for you. Yeah, well, I did it. Now it's done. <laughs> Holy Thursday is really beautiful. That's the, 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 the Last Supper, the institution of the Eucharist, the institution of the priesthood. Um, we could talk for hours about both of those things. I don't think we want to right now, but um, how poignant it is that this year, something I've been thinking about the last couple of days, I think we're getting a glimpse right now of what life would be like without priests. Yeah. And I almost didn't say this because I was afraid it would sound self-serving or look at me, I'm a priest. And, that's, I, I trust that you know that's not my intention. That's no. not what I mean. Um, but Christ gave us very specifically and intentionally the priesthood for a reason, you know, um, so that we might have the Eucharist. This distance that we've had. Now, as a priest, I'm privileged still to celebrate Mass every day. And as part of that, it's... it's necessary that I receive the Eucharist that completes, you know, um, the sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It's not mass if I don't receive the Eucharist. But I know that all of you, our people, are suffering right now greatly not having access to the Eucharist. Um, and I think that gives us a little bit of a glimpse at what would life be like without priests. So may I just take this chance to say, Guys, our young men, our boys, if you've ever thought about it, even for a moment, really bring that to prayer and ask God, help me to know what your plan for me is. Am I called to be a priest? Mm. Uh, God delights in showing us the way. Yeah. So don't be afraid. You're not too young to be able to know. Um, so parents, please encourage your children to think about it. I'm not saying pressure anyone into it, right? In the end, it's got to be between the man and God. Man's free decision to give his life in the priesthood. But but um, I, for one, know that had this not been something that was openly discussed in my family growing up, who knows if I'd, if I'd be, you know? Um, so that's something we reflect on the Holy Thursday. Uh, I also think just on a, on a personal note, last year was, it was my first Holy Thursday as a priest. Yeah. Of course. 
it was especially poignant because we had just said goodbye a few months prior to um, Monsignor Thompson, who was really suffering from Alzheimer's and, and who ultimately would, would pass away. But um, he'd been living with us, a retired priest in residence, and just truly one of the greatest priests this archdiocese has ever known. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in such a short time, taught me so much about what it is to be a priest. And, and um, for that celebration of the Eucharist and the priesthood, I was privileged to wear his vestments. Oh. Um, I, just a very moving experience. Anyway, I love, I love all of Holy Week. So I'm going to probably keep saying that, but, but Holy Thursday especially um, because of that has been really very moving. Mm. You know? So think about the priests in your life. Yeah. Maybe on Thursday, that's a great time. Um, do you pray a family rosary? Do you spend time, um, even just if you're having dinner together, you know, um, before your meal, think about the priests who serve in your parishes, um, the priests who have served in your parishes, maybe priests who've been close to you, who have died or who have, um, you know, gone to another parish or whatever it might be. And, and please pray for us. You know, if that's the only time, please, on that day, pray for your priests. And pray for more priests. Pray for more. Mm-hmm. And while you're doing all those prayers for those priests, maybe it inspires someone in their home, right? Like you're saying, talk about it. and That yeah. that's an option, that it <clears throat> could be something for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, debunk the myths, too. That, yeah. Uh, you're just sad and lonely all the time. <laughs> I sad and lonely all the time. I don't think so. <laughs> you don't have to be. <laughs> no. No, no, but, but it, that could be what? That could be maybe another uh, episode for another time. Yeah, absolutely. Because <laughs> you should, yeah, for sure. Let's. That's another place. Yeah. So, um, we went to. Excuse me. We went to Holy Thursday last year together as a family. Mm. Uh, we don't, like a lot of families, make it to all of the Holy Week services, but we decided to go to that one. And then afterwards, my kids started pretending to wash each other's feet afterwards. So I have a picture of Matthew, who is like dressed in his. My mother had made him a chasuble, and so he put it on, and then he pretended to wash all of our feet. So, like, it there's, there's can you post that? Can I put? Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can post it for sure. Um, so I don't know. It's like one of those. It's not. It's not the same as a you know a weekly mass. So there's something different for the kids to experience. So even if at home, kind of recreating that in some way. Like, like, especially if you have little kids, like let them pretend to, to do that. I don't know. It just, we learn through play. And so, you know, they may experience something of God through that in some way. I don't know. It's just an idea. Yeah. 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 So yeah. plus that kid, that kid needs to, needs some humility anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Wash my feet, kid. <laughs> Gross. Speak for yourself. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so what else you got for us? Wait, did you want to talk oh. about, wait, before we go on, did you want to tell us about Tenebrae or no? Oh, yeah. How about, sure. So Tenebrae, um, when, uh, priests and religious and, and, and deacons, and, uh, but this prayer is also, I mean, this is not just for clergy and religious, but um, we're compelled to pray it every day. But all the faithful are invited to pray the liturgy of the hours. And that's the prayer with the Psalms that, that sort of sanctifies our day. We pray several times throughout the day with what's called the breviary. That's the book of the liturgy of the hours. And um, for the triduum, those three days, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, um, and uh, Saturday, we have tenebrae, which comes from a word for darkness or shadows. And, um, because we pray those first prayers of the liturgy of the hours, um, ideally early in the morning, in the darkness, in the shadows, and also mindful of the darkness of, of the suffering of Jesus. And um, it's a beautiful prayer. That then we'll have services for our parishes and um, where we, we recite the Psalms or we sing them, we read the readings, and uh, we also sing the Lamentations of Jeremiah. And that's something that we don't usually do in the liturgy of the hours. But, um, so you might hear that if you go to your parish tenebrae service. Um, you know, Here begin the Lamentations of Jeremiah the prophet. And it goes on, these beautiful Lamentations that, that um, are really so moving. Oh my gosh, you just... Uh, another offering of, of Holy Week. So, um, and I know that we're going right? to live. What's that? It's in the morning. In the morning, yes. Yeah. So, usually so, early morning because it's dark. And then, ideally. Okay. Yeah. Though sometimes in a parish setting, you sort of tweak the hours to make it more available for more people. Right. But, uh, right. Yeah. So, that's Tenebrae those three mornings, and um, there's a line in one of the readings, mm -hmm. I think it's Holy Saturday, it's from an, it says, from an ancient homily, <laughs> and yeah, and, and there's a line, something strange is happening. Well, of course, we had a <laughs> professor in the seminary, a priest of the Diocese of Brooklyn, he's a real character, a very, very funny guy, and um, that was his reading every single year. To this day, Holy Saturday, Tenebrae comes. No matter what the other assignments are, he is doing that reading. And he, he, would, he would always joke with us that he was going to rehearse, you know, in the mirror. Like, how am I going to deliver my line? Something strange is happening. Something strange is happening. Something strange. So I guess he had to be there. But no, it's correct. Uh, maybe if you knew him. Those priests are very funny. There's yeah. Good sense. As in there. But uh, that's tenable. Okay. So then moving on, we have Good Friday. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and you have to fill me in here because I, this may seem like uninformed, but at St. Cattery, where we've been going for a decade now, they always did um, a Stations of the Cross on Good Friday. Mm -hmm. So, but they did, um, so we did it outdoors and the teens would reenact it and whatnot. So, um, and then we would go in and then there would be um, the veneration of the cross. Mm -hmm. um, so I know it's not done like that everywhere. So what's the, what's kind of like the standard? That, that's, that gets the main points across though. I mean, that, so the format, I guess might be a little different, but so Good Friday, there's no mass celebrated. Mm -hmm. Liturgy, it's liturgy, the word, and then uh, Holy Communion, but we do not have mass. That's the day we commemorate the death of Jesus on the cross. Um, it might seem paradoxical then to call it Good Friday. What's so good about right. this day that, you know, and we remove the Eucharist from the tabernacle? This is the worst day in the mm -hmm. seminary. The seminary, you live in a building with three, four chapels, and how comforting that is that Jesus is there at every turn. And that one day of the year when you go and you, you know, would go to make the sign of the cross as I pass in front of the chapel, I would stop and say, Mm. Oh, I, I, I do that in reverence to the Eucharist, but the Eucharist isn't there right now. That's yeah. startlingly um, just, um, it made me very uneasy. It still does. And that's the point. Yeah. We should feel that because we need to know what he did to save us. Um, that's why we venerate the cross, like you said. Everyone gets a chance to come and kiss the cross, right? The cross, which comes in veiled, and then um, little by little is unveiled. The veil is removed from this cross as the minister sings each time. Behold the wood of the cross. Or, you know, something like that. But um, Behold the wood of the cross. And uh, we're just sort of smacked in the face with this reality of the sacrifice that Jesus made for us and of dying for us. I think we gloss over that a little too much sometimes. That, that he, he's not just some nice guy who makes us feel warm and fuzzy. And Jesus gave his life, you know? Um, of course, we know the joy of the resurrection and Easter. So we know the ending is, is a happy one. Um, but uh, I think of the term that we use to describe the fall, oh, happy fault, mm -hmm. right? Felix culpa, happy fault. Why is it happy? Because the sin of Adam led to the incarnation and the saving passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. How could you not be glad? Right. You know? right. So, so that's Good Friday. And yeah, we pray the Stations of Cross as well. And, and um, as we do every Friday during Lent, or any day ever. <laughs> right. You can always pray the Stations of the Cross. Doesn't have, well, we have a particular devotion to it during Lent, but that's something we can always do. Mm -hmm. So, Good Friday. And then um, Holy Saturday, again, is so correct ignorance. There, there is no Mass on Saturday either. 
until Saturday evening okay. when we celebrate Mr. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So there's a service on Saturday morning or? Saturday. Right. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then the Easter vigil that evening, yeah. which I have only been to once. And I went two years ago. Our very, very good friend, Matthew's godmother, was coming into the church. Oh, great. Or she had, he had, he had a god you know, had a godfather who was Catholic and his godmother was a Christian witness. So she, but she married a Catholic man and they were raising their kids Catholic. So she also entered two years ago. So all of us went. So Samantha would have been seven and John was five and Matthew was two. So we, we braved it and we went and it was, you know, like a three hour service. Um, but it was great, and and I can un I can understand why people love it because it's it's very moving. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit, um, what happens? And I know it's long because there's a lot of readings that night. So and the parish to do all the readings. Often, will the parish setting you'll have some of the readings. Um, some parishes will do good and and good job. To those parishes, you know, do all uh, seven readings, and each one with a responsorial psalm. Uh, but uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful liturgy. You start outside, you build a fire, piece of fire, and from that fire, you light the Paschal candle, this candle which will be used in your parish to represent Jesus Himself, and uh, <laughs> you you have this procession in to a completely dark church. And this one little flame atop the Paschal candle enters in. Mm -hmm. The beacon holding that candle stops along the way three times and sings or recites, although, of course, I prefer when it's sung, right? Because everything just sounds better when it's sung. Um, Except when I sing it. The light of Christ, thanks be to God. And everyone has their little taper candle, and you light from the Easter candle. Before you know it, this right. immaculate glow illumines the church. Mm. That represents that we are called to be those lights lit only from Jesus, the true light of the world. But and when we do that, look what happens when right. you spread this light um yeah and then so oh my goodness the the exalted the beautiful uh chant that's done by by a deacon or a priest at the beginning and um there's just so much about all the things taking us through salvation history um the, the sacraments that are celebrated, as you said, you know, and we welcome, we through baptism, confirmation, and First Holy Communion, those who are entering or, or fully uh, initiating into the Catholic Church. Um, just what, what a remarkable, remarkable liturgy. Right. And one of those that, like you said, it can go for hours. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, I don't even notice. 
That's, you know what I mean? Um, I, w- I, th- I was, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Yes, you may have a snack. Thank you. <laughs> um, I-, I noticed because I was holding a sleeping child, but it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was, it was a really, it was a really great night and I'd love to continue doing it. Um, yeah. And it's, you get to hear the Gloria again, right? We sing the Gloria after uh, having only heard it um, twice since, since Lent began. <laughs> My kids just keep popping in. Sorry. Yeah. All right. It's their house. <laughs> yeah, their house. That's true. They want snacks. It's snack time. Um, so I had seen on social media, whatever, that some people were saying, you know, Easter vigil, we're going to build a fire, you know, a bonfire in the backyard or something. And they're going to light candles around their home and, and kind of do a, a mock um, mm. Easter vigil celebration in their home. And I thought that was a really nice, I don't know, just something to try at home. Um, or, you know, even just if you don't want to build a bonfire or can't, whatever, just maybe lighting some candles. And I don't know. I think there's, there's options for us, what to do, how to celebrate a little bit differently at home. And then so it was interesting because with that, that year that we went to the vigil, um, we didn't plan to go to Sunday mass because that's what the vigil was. But, um, when I woke up the next morning, I felt like, how can I not go to mass? It's Easter Sunday. And so, um, I actually got up and I went and, and I went to Easter mass on my own. Cause I think everyone was a little tired, but, um, that East, the, like Easter Sunday is just like the best. Oh my gosh. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I mean, that's the day we, so we're, we're finished with our Lenten penances and all that. And, and that's in itself a little reason to celebrate, you know, I can have some dessert again or whatever you know, after these long days of deprivation. And, but even deeper than that, right. We know the pain of Lent. We know the pain of, of uh, the cross and to just rejoice Jesus is risen mm-hmm. you know that's his love for us that even even death couldn't keep him away from us yeah you know it's going to be a little different this year yeah I don't think there's any way to get around that and and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little sad about that um, I think we all are. To not have the people with us for this great celebration, uh, it, it's an extension of Lent, if you will, you know, even in the joy of Easter. But we're going to do the best we can to use the tools we have, right? Social media and the like, or reaching out to you and, and, and making you all a part of it. We know that no matter what might be keeping us away from each other in person, we know that we're united in prayer, we're united in the Eucharist, um, we're united in our faith, and maybe this is giving us an opportunity to have a second little Easter this year. That whatever Sunday we're able to come back together, yeah, we'll have that 
that joy. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's the case. I think when we do finally come back together, it's, it's going to be an especially joyous time. And mm-hmm. I'm just trying to keep focused on that and keep my eye on that. And just, I don't know, for whatever reason we're going through this and, you know, to, to focus on that end, that, that celebration that we'll finally have and to l- allow our hearts to, to miss Jesus too, and to allow ourselves to, um, I don't know, fully, fully embrace the, what we're going through now and, and being able to then reunite ourselves with him. I, I don't know. I just, if, if I think about it too much, I get, I get upset, but I'm, you know, trying to just keep, yeah. and we know how the story ends, right? We know it ends in resurrection. So there's joy at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I think this is especially um, relatable for our kids, right? I know that when I was a kid, this experience, I had, I, I couldn't get on the school bus. I just couldn't do it. It was just heart wrenching every morning to, to leave my mom. Mm-hmm. I didn't away from my mom. I couldn't get on the school bus without crying. But that made the joy of getting off the school bus even greater. Yeah. Right. And, so kids, maybe if you're having that feeling now, um, not with mom or dad, because you're spending a lot more time with them now, but um, but but with God, with with Jesus, with the church, with your priests. Believe me, first of all, we feel it too. We miss you so much. Um, this two weeks it feels like it's been an eternity. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> anyway, just. <laughs> We have this longing, and that's okay, because we will be back together, um, all of us with the Lord, and it's just going to be so great. Yeah, yeah, it will be. So, um, I can we end on this one little question? I mentioned yeah. yesterday while while we watched Mass from home, little John asked me. Little John has not made his first communion yet. So he asked, is he allowed to make a spiritual communion? So I think, can you answer that for us? Can you give us a little, all the kids who, who maybe um, are in the same predicament? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful question. It shows where his mind is, right? Like, I want Jesus <laughs> in any way that I can, uh, I can get him. So um, the answer is yes, absolutely yes. In fact, that's the point of a spiritual communion. When we can't, uh, for whatever reason, receive physically, that we receive Jesus spiritually. We ask him, um, he so transcends time and space and, and, and reality as we know it, like he, um, that he would enter into us spiritually. So absolutely, little John, yes, um, you can make that act of spiritual communion. Uh, and if, I think... That will enhance your experience in your first Holy Communion and second, third, fourth, third. <laughs> yeah. All right. I will, I will make sure he knows that. So any, you know, what we haven't done in a while is our, I, I know we've been talking for a while, but whatever. This one, <laughs> whatever. Um, we haven't done uh, How I Heard God. Should we try to do that? Yeah, why don't you go first? Oh, I knew you were going to do that to me. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. I didn't prepare. Okay. So, um, no, I, <laughs> now I'm, now I'm stuck. Um, well, I think that points to something though, right? Again, it's been hard. I mean, let's face it, it's been hard to hear him these last few weeks. Um, it's been hard to make sense of all this. Uh, people are getting sick and, and, and um, suffering and, and all of us having to put this distance between ourselves. And, um, but we know he's still there, yeah. right? So maybe it's more challenging for us, but um, to be able to say, how have I heard God, even right now, even in the midst of all this? Yeah. Well, I'm struggling a little bit just because knowing our audience, maybe, because I, I feel like um, I've been having some moments of prayer that are, are pretty intense, um, which I have been blogging about, but I don't know if it's really kid relevant. Yeah. Um, well, family or, um, you know, you've, you've been spending a lot more time together. And it's been helpful and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I will say, actually, uh, I, I told you this too. Um, I really, I really, while watching Cardinal Dole, in which I have never really had an opportunity to, because he's in the city. When would I, when would I go to the city and, and see one of the masses that he celebrates? But he's been celebrating the Sunday masses. Um, I actually was, was moved by, or I have been, every time I've seen him, he's, he seems so, so much in touch with his, his fatherhood and, and shepherding his people. I mean, he's in the, the epicenter of this crisis really in New York. And um, I, I'm, I can't imagine what, what he's seeing or what, what they're all going through down there um, being up here in Dutchess County. I feel like we're a little bit detached from it. Um, and just hearing him speak and, and very, he's been very comforting and, uh, and I really, I've, I would say that's, that is how I heard God, you know, through, through his witness and his um, fathering people. Your turn. Yeah. The uh, encouragement of the people mm -hmm. has been uh, a voice that God has taken on. Their kindness and generosity towards us, their messages and phone calls, and um, <laughs> God speaking through, through the people. You usually think of you know God speaking to the people through the priest. That's just sort of the order of things with which we've been accustomed. But mm -hmm. I assure you, we experience it the other way around as well. Mm -hmm. We hear, yeah. All right, so shall we wrap up here then? Yeah. All right. So I don't know. We, we don't know what we'll be doing in the next couple of weeks. Maybe we'll be just doing more of this. I don't know. Um, but if anyone wants to send us questions or, or wants a topic covered, let us know. You know how to find us on Facebook or messages. Okay. All right. So until next time, bye, Father Connolly. Bye. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Raising Saints. We hope you've enjoyed this episode 
and learn something about the faith, the church, and God. Most importantly, we hope you've heard God's voice as He calls out to you in love, as He calls you to a friendship with Himself, as He calls you to be a saint. Until next time, God bless you. Teachings for an Unbelievable World is a newly discovered work written by St. John Paul II, then Archbishop Karl Wotia of Krakow, in the years just after Vatican II. This is the first English language publication of this important work. In this hardcover book that Scott Hahn calls one of the greatest hidden treasures unearthed in our time, 13 brief homilies provide compelling teaching for Catholics in today's post-Christian world and give fresh insights into JP2's pontificate. You can get a copy of this important new book at AveMariaPress.com. Use code JP2Teachings, that's J-P-I-I-Teachings, to get 20% off your copy today. Looking for exceptional coffee delivered fresh to your door? We have the answer. Our friends at Grim Bean Coffee produce small batch artisan coffee using top tier coffee beans. The coffee is roasted when you order, guaranteeing the freshest coffee possible. Check out Breadbox Roasts, a new line of Catholic themed coffees available at www. Dot grimbeancoffee.com forward slash redboxmedia. Experience coffee like never before.